Hey guys, it's David. Uh, welcome back to Sadness Town. Uh, it's been a while. I said I'd come back, and I wasn't lying. Um, I'm just uh, terrifically lazy. Uh, this is the 16th episode of Sadness Town after a hiatus of almost a year uh, since the last one with Pete Bergen. That was March of last year. Uh, and we're back for, I don't know, let's call this season two. Uh, so this episode was recorded on January 20th at the New Digs for the live show at a Songbird Music House and Record Cafe in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. My guest on this episode is Johnny Fantastic, who is a, uh, just a terrific musician and weirdo. Uh, who I'm a big fan of. He's uh, involved with the band Stronger Sex, and you might have also you might also know him as the organist on Church Night, uh, the long running DC variety show. Um, yeah, I mean I don't have too much to say before getting into this. Uh, I just want to let you know that if you are in Washington DC and you want to come see a live show, the next one is going to be this Wednesday, which is February twenty fourth at Songbird uh, Music House and Record Cafe. My guest on that one is going to be Landon Letzkis, who's also on Church Night. He plays uh, Reverend Stevedore Maybelline Bidet uh, Esquire, and you, you can see him doing sermons on that show at the Black Cat every month. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys can make it out. That's on Wednesday. It's at 8 o'clock. It's a free show. And if you want more information on that, you can find that on my website at uh, davidtwitey.com or on the Sadness Town Facebook page at uh, Sadness Town with David Twitey. And I think that is about it. Uh, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is me and Johnny Fantastic. Welcome to Sadness Town, everybody. How you doing tonight? My name is David Twidey. I am the mayor of Sadness Town. As always, I'll be opening with a reading of the Sadness Town Charter. Item number one, this is a safe space. We're here to celebrate the fact that although being alive is a cruel and difficult thing, we're all much better at it than we used to be. Item number two, you were not cool in high school. You were a tragic, awkward car wreck of a human being, and so is everybody else. Pretensions to the contrary will not be tolerated. Item number three, at the end of the show, everybody hugs. No exceptions. Just a second. This first track is called Steal My Sunshine. It's by a Canadian pop group called Len. Uh, this was off their debut album, You Can't Stop the Bum Rush, which came out in 1999. Uh, this, uh, this track peaked at number three on the Billboard Top 40, and this, song, this album received four stars from allmusic.com. 
uh, who described the rapping as a bit stilted and compared the album to a low-rent version of Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. Uh, so this album was very important to me. I was, uh, I was 11 years old. I was in fifth or sixth grade. This was one of the first CDs that I got and like listened to the whole thing over and over. All of You Can't Stop the Bum Rush. Not just this, the one song that anyone has ever heard by this fucking band, uh, but also several other uh, attempts at white boy hip hop in which Biz Marquee came in and tried to carry the thing. Uh, there was sort of a, there was sort of a period in the 90s where this, uh, this rapper by the name of Biz Marquee was just like a gun for hire for like any fucking uh, uh, lily white asshole who wanted like just some reflected street cred. So like the best example was the Beastie Boys. He appeared on that album, Hello Nasty. Uh, he, also, he also did this one and like has a couple tracks that are basically just him. Uh, but with a, a less threatening beat, I guess. And uh, then there was a, a skateboarder named Chad Muska in the, in the 90s, who if you ever played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, he was the one who wore a backpack for no reason. Uh, he released his own hip-hop album. He wanted to get, uh, you know, you gotta diversify. He saw the skateboarding bubble bursting, uh, and he's like, I gotta get into fucking shitty white boy rap music. Uh, but so I, I'd like to discuss this more with my guest, uh, who is one of my favorite people in the Washington DC area. Uh, he's a great musician. Uh, you may have heard his solo stuff or with uh, Stronger Sex, uh, and you might know him as Beulah from Church Night. Uh, please give it up for Johnny Fantastic, everybody. Hello. How you doing, Johnny? I'm doing fine. I'm happy to be in Sadness Town tonight. I'm happy to have you here. It's a, it's a snowy evening here. We're at uh, the Songbird Cafe in Adams Morgan, uh, which is where everyone has their LinkedIn profile fucking dialed in. Uh, we are nestled here among some of the best bars for going to sit and overhear 20-somethings tell their Tinder date about their consulting job. Uh, a lot of interesting conversations. Yeah, and then on the other side, we got the McDonald's that someone drove a car into a couple of years ago. And then just a series of great places to send money to El Salvador. I actually tried to put the McDonald's on as the location of the show on the Facebook page, because there, no, there was no songbird. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, on Twitter, actually. On Twitter. Oh, okay, yeah. We, uh, oh, yeah, well, this is a pretty new place. This is a very cool place. This is a Songbird uh, Music House and Record Cafe, or Music Cafe and Record House. I can never remember. Uh, but we're in a room that is entirely too big for the number of people in it, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. This is a cool-ass place. Uh, so, Johnny, did, uh, did Len make an impression on you? Um, Len made an impression on me on like a sort of uh, tangential sort of level. I, I, I heard their music on commercials. I heard a clip of it or like at a party, sort of peripherally. Always this song, right? Yeah, but I never actually heard it. I don't yeah, know the origin of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, this was like, uh, 
This was in a brief period where like we didn't have cable, but we got MTV too. It came in fuzzy, but I'd still watch it. Yeah. And I, I fuck it. No, 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 no. This one still. Just hit play again. There we go. Uh, no, it's like this is very catchy. One of the like I remembered this song when I was going to find something for this show, and like it has the best fucking beat and opening. But it's like, so you can almost forgive stuff like when she goes L-A-T-E-R that week. <laughs> well, it feels like, the song kind of feels like, you know, um, there's going to be a product name somewhere. Right, it kind of does. Like, this sort of feels like it could be in like a commercial for an antidepressant or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, if yeah. you've ever felt, it's like that, it's like, do you feel down? Do, do, does your family hate you? Uh, and then, like that opening comes in with the the, uh, the drum machine yeah. and everything, and it's like uh, dogs start running. Smilodyne might be right for you. Yeah, like convertible cars. People just having a good time. All of a sudden, sunny sprinklers, rainbows. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I mean, well, you never really see that in commercials for antidepressants. Antidepressant commercials, it's just someone looking sad and then someone looking hopeful. But they're doing basically the same thing. That's just the weather is better in the second scenario. To me, that's a shitty advertising strategy. Um, anyway. So, Johnny, where did, you, uh, where did you go to high school? I went to Freehold Township High School in Freehold Township, New Jersey! Woo! Shout out! <laughs> That's the only way you can say where you went to high school. What's the, what's the uh, mascot? The Patriot. The Freehold Township Patriot. That's right. That's a good name for a newspaper, too, I think. It is. It was the name of the paper. Are you school paper? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you got, <laughs> feels like they named that first and worked backwards from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2002. Okay. Yeah. It was, uh, was post-9-11. Post-9-11. The world had changed a great deal. Yes. In the past nine months. Yeah, and so, but all of that happened at the end of high school. Yeah, I, yeah. I just used 9-11 right. as a reference point for everyone. So this is all pre-9-11 <laughs> shit right here. Yeah. This is me and pre-9-11 world, you know, mentality. Okay. Before the terrorists, like, bombed my music taste. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Would you, would you say that had a positive or negative effect? I think, I mean, I got <laughs> way into Radiohead by that, at, at that point. Just yeah. Because, like, destructive, um, chaotic music with such dark intention and like breaking down modernism like the way Radiohead does just made sense after seeing something like that. And when nothing anymore. else did anymore, you know? Perhaps, It's perhaps. just like, I feel like a wailing, lugubrious Englishman right now. I can get on board with this. <laughs> well, we can get Chris up here if you want. <laughs> <laughs> he stepped out for a second, I think. All right, well, are you ready to get into this? Let's do it, started? yeah. All right, track two. Yeah, 
worst lyric of all time. Uh, that was Tripping Daisy with uh, I Got a Girl. Uh, this is off their second album, I Am an Elastic Firecracker, which came out in 1995. This album received four stars from AllMusic.com, who said it isn't distinguished by the noise of the guitars, but what the guitars are playing. <laughs> I love allmusic.com. They just cut through the bullshit. Uh, this peaked at number six on the Billboard Modern, Modern Rock Tracks chart. Um, I, please stop that song. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's fucking gar. This is a four star album per allmusic.com. How many stars total? Is it four stars total? Yeah, oh no, it's out of five. Out of five. Yeah, okay. they're like, it could add one star that it could have improved. Could have been better. Uh, yeah, it, I, could, it was just bad all around. There was no saving that. This is one of those things where it's like, I feel like there was the same thing in the 80s with butt rock music where it was like, uh, like it was like there were all these one hit wonders popping up that uh, it was like, it was just one, it seemed like there was just one manufacturer supplying all of these bands. Like Warren yeah. just had like one song. Yeah, and uh, Silver Chair. Of course. Oh. You know, they had their one hit. Yeah, uh, but I, you'd still have to get the CD. You'd still have to get twelve songs. That you right. Could never listen to. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah. Uh, no, or you could. This the other options. You guys remember when you could buy a single of a song? Yeah. Like in a store. Like if you like that. This is this is as uh, Andy Rooney as I get. I think it's like yeah. if you if you had to like. You, Back in the day, <laughs> I feel like old man. Now I don't want to get on a rant here. That's Dennis Miller. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> now, w in my day, if you liked a song, you had to buy the album. Yeah, and to then buy. you'd put it in your disc, man. This is already like dating me very specifically. Uh, but like, no, I did. But I remember having albums like that where you would like you would have like you would bring your whole book of CDs with you yep. and then you have this one album that's just like what if I want to listen to this one particular song and then you'd like take it out and like put it in the thing and then go to track seven yeah. that's why Napster really burst that bubble like yeah because that they you could make us a, a mixed CD of just one song and you grabbed off the internet their whole their the jig was up right at that point uh, yeah. So wait, how old were you when you got into this? This was uh, uh, actually I I misunderstood a little bit. Yeah, this is a little pretty high school. Oh no, it's but, all good. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think my my uh, junior what is it called? Junior high school? Is that what yeah, it's called? Junior high. Yeah. Middle school. What? Are you from space? <laughs> <laughs> what do you call? Is it junior junior I, high school? I went. To, I was in a small town, so we didn't have as many of the schools. Oh, okay. We didn't. You didn't have our yeah. fancy big city. We didn't have a middle school. We just had like an elementary school all the way up to eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. But so yeah, but I was a real nerd in that in those years too. So I wanted to I wanted to bring some attention to my elementary school music taste as well. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Uh, yeah, however far back you need to go to make yourself feel uncomfortable is yeah. the, the motto of this show. We're really uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I mean, yeah. That, that was one of those things, right? The, you just heard the song and you bought the thing and then 
Right, and you were left with 12 just like awful songs and one song that you thought was good, but actually years later you were destined to like hate on a right. group of people. <laughs> I feel like I never really evolved past that mindset actually, just because I listened to so many of those bands that had like one single on the album and then the rest was just, like it was all dog shit, but they were like, they only existed to produce the one song and then and I still feel like that's with me, where I just, if I hear something that I like, I need to play it over and over again until my brain hurts. <laughs> right. It's just now I can look it up on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And you can, you can listen to it to your heart's content, or on Spotify, over and over again if you want. So what, what sort of person were you at this point in your life? Um, I was a, uh, oh God, I can't say these words on the radio, but there were two things that the kids in my town said you could be. Uh-huh. You could either be a burnout, I can say that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Is the other one yeah. the N-word? What? Yeah, it is almost the N-word. Okay. It's the, it's the N-word with the N substituted to a W. And that was the suburban kids who emulated rap culture. So there were the suburban kids who emulated rap culture and the suburban kids who emulated punk culture. Uh-huh. And I initially sided with the urban kids emulating rap culture, or the beeps, and then I didn't, you, uh, so these people had to wear boss jeans. I don't know if you remember boss jeans. Uh -huh. They had to wear those jeans, and the uh, burnouts had to wear Jankos. That was pretty much it. And then your music taste was dictated by that. So I originally was in the one camp, but okay. then I quickly switched to the what, what, what were your What were your groups when you were in the first camp? Uh, it was like Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was a no. That was an earlier one. That was an early one for me. But it was another one where I bought the album, having heard one song, and it was the first parent parental advisory thing that I ever bought. Yeah. To. So my parents were like, "All right, we'll let you have it." And then uh, it turned out I didn't like Puff Daddy. I just liked the Police song. I'll be watching you. Yeah. <laughs> he changed the lyrics so that it was about Biggie dying, but it was the same song. Yeah, and you don't get like half the parts in that song. You don't get the like. Since you got out of that yeah. yeah. that part's awesome. Or oh, can't you see? That part too. Yeah, they just took all that out. They kept the guitar riff, which is nice, but yeah. like, yeah, I was just getting a little slice of the pie. I don't. And then uh, I had a whole album of Puff Daddy songs I was never going to listen to. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because some of it was like actual rap music, and I wasn't ready for that yet. That Puff Daddy album had a few hits on it, though. It also had um, uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems, if I'm not mistaken, was on that album. So it at least had two songs. People did like that song. Yeah, and Biggie was on that, actually. It got like Biggie's rap on that, so. <laughs> so yeah. So, like, was this was this important to you, or do you did you have other bands that were like Tripping Daisy? Yeah. Tripping Daisy like was not important at all. I bought I bought the song. I thought the song was weird when I was a kid for some reason. Maybe it caught me like right at like sixth grade or seventh grade, somewhere around there, where I was like just sort of starting to go through puberty, but was like still just a complete kid, and like any music could be good, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so like, I was like, that song's cool, and I love the album cover. Oh, well, what did that look like? I know I saw it, but I didn't. <laughs> it was like, it looks like, it's like this really old man in like complete orange paint, 
and he's like, it's all like, it looks like a melting wax statue. It's like really That's the scary. cover to I am an electric firecracker, an elastic firecracker. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's keep it going. Let's do the next one. Mm -hmm. You feel that swing? This is David Benoit with Freedom at Midnight. Uh, this is off his album of the same title, Freedom at Midnight, which came out in 1987. Uh, this album received three stars from AllMusic.com, who declared that it was pleasant and not at all objectionable. <laughs> it's a real full quote from a review of this album. That's funny. This was easy to ignore. Like, that's the... <laughs> Three stars. That's the definition of a three-star review, actually. Uh, this peaked at number five on Billboard's contemporary jazz albums, which still, like, there were four contemporary jazz albums that were better than this in the country at that point. I don't know what the 80s were like, but... Uh, this is this is the 90s. I mean, this is just clean production. Yeah. You know, no... No major synthesizer kind of craziness is like in the 80s where it could at least be cool on that level. Of course. Just, just straight up perfectly recorded acoustic instruments. Just like they found by masters. They found the one saxophone that being played by someone who's not trying to fuck, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He probably could have had his pick of the litter with moms of that era. For sure, yeah. So, how'd you get into this one? Uh, my mom loves this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she played this song all the time. I, like, it was weird. This one, when you, when you sent me the list for this, I was thinking this sounded familiar, and then I remember someone else has had it on this show, <laughs> which is the most improbable, like, David Benoit just pops up twice. Yeah, he's a hit. Uh, yeah, it was the Jay Whitaker episode. And I don't, but this uh, this captured the minds of some people, presumably. Yeah, I mean, it played in my mother's uh, Chevy Blazer every time she came to pick me up in soccer practice. You know, she would listen to this smooth jazz stuff that yeah, all of it sounded the same, but for some reason, this song, it, like, <laughs> It makes me laugh now. Yeah. It's so retarded. Yeah. It's so stupid. It's so embarrassing to be here in front of other humans with this song playing at the same time. <laughs> the song sucks. <laughs> this is another one that could be in an antidepressant commercial. Because <laughs> it has like the angry verses and then yeah. like this... <laughs> Whatever this is right now, this soaring piano. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, we cut out the drum beat. <laughs> but it's coming back, everybody. Do they do a key change? Uh, I w oh god, the one thing it's missing, right? Right. Maybe it does happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you liked this before, you're gonna like it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's known as an unoffensive album. Chris, this is the YouTube one. Yeah. Yeah. He's a piano player. That's why there's that solo there. He's a good piano player. He did this, the Charlie Brown song. 
peanuts. Trumbo this year. No one made him do that. That's true. Uh, 
but uh, so this this is connected to the Godzilla movie in your memory of it. This song was on the Godzilla soundtrack, which also featured an artist who we referenced earlier, Mr. Puff Daddy. Uh, he that did was that. when he did Led Zeppelin. Exactly. That album was like a cover spread. It was just nothing but cover, shitty covers. <laughs> It was like Heroes. Well, it is a remake. I don't... Yeah, I mean, it was a remake. You're right. But it was the same kind of a remake as uh, the Police song, where you, you just longed to hear the original song. Yeah, exactly. You were like, eh, put on this Led Zeppelin song. The, there's a music video for this song that actually like like features explosions and like uh, and like scenes from the Godzilla film. And it just, uh, it, like, I don't know. It just... It's one thing to cover Heroes by Bowie and do it not very well. It's another thing to do it and attach it to a disaster of a disaster movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stoked for Independence Day 2, though. I think it's going to be great. I think he's going to nail it this time around. Jake Dylan's in that one. What? <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I would. <laughs> I hope they get him to do something else. I just want to see him out in the street. Well, well, the soundtrack just happening. features a <laughs> Jacob Dylan cover of Suffragette City. Suffragette <laughs> <laughs> City! Yeah, just standing like a tree. And fucking the way, you remember how he kind of stood, he would stand like, you know, he would move his shoulders real high and just kind of like Frankenstein looking. I, I don't know if I've ever actually watched him play the guitar. I never, like, what? the Wallflowers never made an impression on me when they were around, and mostly it's just like, I think of that. I, I just think it's in interesting that Bob Dylan's son decided to be a singer-songwriter. I think that was an interesting choice. Do you think he decided to do that, or do you think that he was just trying maybe to Maybe he doesn't have man? any other skills. I Maybe he's, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what kind of dad Bob Dylan was. He was probably difficult to be around. <laughs> probably he wasn't around very much. Yeah, I, well, and when he was, I'll bet he was difficult to be around. Yeah. Just growing up going, Dad, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, and then the shift into the career where he was just an old man telling ghost stories, that can't have been easy for him. I just think it's, well, it's like, uh, it's like when your dad was the greatest ever at something, don't do that, do something else. Like, go work at a fucking car dealership and people will be like, you see that guy over there? That's yeah. Bob Dylan's son. Yeah, like all of Teddy Roosevelt's kids, none of them got to be president. They didn't. They didn't make it. Like it was. It was the cousin, the fifth cousin, who got to be president. Oh, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay. good to have like a, I was like a distant uncle who's like famous. Right. Not like a father. Someone that you can call in a favor from everyone. Yeah. Somehow, but not like who's not going to chastise you and fucking make you feel like. Yeah. Too shitty to be a good leader. Yeah, there. you're just jumping into this, like, Oedipal fucking fight that you'll never win. Exactly. You're, you're like, oh, I won't just be Bob Dylan's kid. Yes, you will. Yes, you, you'll have a couple of radio rock hits, but uh, you're still that guy. That's super Oedipal, actually. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, he's just trying to kill his own father's legacy. All right, Chris, play the next one. <laughs> Oh, this is a great song. Let me let me just say that this song's great. I love this song. This song is fucking awesome. Okay. 
This is Selena with Como La Flor, which as we all know is Spanish for I Eat the Flower. Uh, this is off her album Entre a Mi Mundo, which is Spanish for Enter My Mundo. Uh, this came out in 1992. This album received three stars from allmusic.com who really phoned in this review, saying tracks include Si La Quieres, Yo Te Sigo Queriendo, and Las Cadenas. Um, and if you speak Spanish, those first two are If You Want, Yes I Continue to Want You, and Those Cadenas. Um, this song peaked at number nine on Billboard's top Latin songs chart. Yeah. Just um, number nine. Yeah. I'm surprised. I love this song. This song is one of her most remembered songs. Well, I don't know. Maybe it didn't make it back onto the charts after what happened, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It's strange. It's a really good song. I feel like I felt like putting this song out there because I knew that when I was thinking about the songs I did that I uh, liked when I was in junior high school and high school that there were going to be a lot of songs that were represented by just shitty, shitty white culture rock music. And this song burst through that wall and it introduced me to Latin culture and it came to me through my friends from Ecuador and their family. So it like, it was like a splash in the face to just look outside of my own little suburban world, you know? Do you still listen to Selena? Yeah, all the time. I'm a big fan. I love Selena. Yeah. And Gloria Stefan. I love, and like, all like, kind of like, Latin pop music. Fucking love it. Uh, yeah, I know, I do like this. Like, it's very cheerful. I, uh, I always like that about Norteño music, where it's like the... If you just hear it in a restaurant or whatever, and it's yeah. like, yeah, they seem pretty excited about whatever they're talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, catching an occasional word. This is this is from like originally from Tejano music, but it's not a Tejano style song. It's more like um, it's more of a pop song. It's more of like like a Latin based pop song. Yeah. Uh, her other music is more Tejano, like this kind of like country music with Mexican uh, style singing. Yeah. Um, and I like that music too, but I, I really like these like midway pop songs before she tried to do the English app, the album in English, like when she was trying to become a Latin singer, you know? As a musician, like what are the things that you take away from that that like, that means something to you? Well, I just think, I think that when you have a voice and you're standing up in front of a band and you're projecting music and projecting emotions, you, you try to come up with an, you try to create an all-inclusive atmosphere, you try to create an atmosphere that brings perspectives from different cultures into the arena. And when I was growing up, the first music I heard, um, oh my God, I'm like going on, I'm gonna, if I keep talking, I, it, it will this will never end, I will never get to the point. I could I'll totally yell at you if it goes on for too long. It'll keep going. It'll go. That's my entire job description. <laughs> yeah, I can't talk about anything too deep, or I just like fall into the well of words. Okay. So, 
I think I've kind of. I don't know. I would kind of like this to be the podcast where Johnny Fantastic falls into his own well of words. <laughs> and then an unusually intelligent dog has to run out into the cold and the snow and like find someone to help out. Yeah. <laughs> like a lassie type. type. Yeah, I made that more obscure than it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, job, I would though. like to be your lassie, Johnny Fantastic. Thank you. Let's do this next one just because I'm very excited about it. Oh, yeah. This takes a second to kick in. This is DC Talk with Jesus Freak. This is off their fourth album, which was also called Jesus Freak which came out in 1995, received four stars from allmusic.com, who said the, this was the album that will convince secular listeners that DC Talk is worth a listen. <laughs> uh, what is this website, allmusic.com? Yeah, it's amazing. So, the reason that I use reviews from allmusic.com is because like when I was getting into this stuff and I was like downloading stuff from Napster on my parents' computer, I had Windows Media Player, which was like linked to that for some reason. So anytime you pulled up an album on Windows Media Player, it would show you the star rating and review from allmusic.com. Who like I just remembered when I started doing this show, looked them up and they've never met an album that they didn't at least kind of like. Like, I think they got, like, one rogue reporter who they're just like, this, there's no defending this one, just get in there. Yeah. And occasionally, like, everyone likes this one, but what, they're vulnerable, get in there, you know? Um, it's like the Fox News of music. Well, I don't even know if it's that. It's like, but it's, it's like a, a weird Walmartization of, uh, of, it's like Rolling Stone, pretty much, actually. Uh, yeah. They're just more thorough. Where it's just like... <laughs> it's like Rolling Stone's like, like archives. Yeah, it's, well, no, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at reviews in those for a long time, but it, when I was a kid, like, I was in high school, and it was like, System of a Down, four and a half stars. This Armenian group uh, <laughs> launches a salvo against the hypocrisy of politicians or whatever. Right. That's, um, a, good, that's a good review. But, yeah, I don't, I, uh, I, this song connected to, with me as well, because I also went to, like, uh, Christian Bible camp. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I need to specify it was Christian Bible camp. <laughs> <laughs> it was Lutheran Bible camp. It would have been weird if it was Muslim Bible camp. <laughs> Where they're just like, we need, you need to broaden your horizons. Get in here. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, but yes, how old were you when this when this was a thing? Um, this is this is definitely high school. Okay. This is youth group. This is Johnny Fantastic the Christian. This is me giving sermons at my church. Are you singing serious? at church and playing in the church band? What denomination were you? Uh, Baptist. You were giving sermons. Oh, yeah. When, fiery sermons. Not fiery, but, you know. When did you jump out of that boat? A college. Okay. College ruined it. Yeah, that does it for a lot of people, yeah. I think. It's like, what? It was like, college was like just a full behind the scenes of life. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and, and you know, like it, it. Also, there are all those uh, those liberal elites who, in, with professorships, who try to uh, to well, bring you away. From well, that's what my family said. said. That's what some of my family said when I came back home. Because mm -hmm. they were like, you know, you're just trying to impress your professors. That's why you're an atheist. That's not a question on any exam that I ever took, by the way. <laughs> uh, how great is Jesus? Uh, so was your family really religious when you were growing up? My immediate family was religious enough, but not super religious, and that my grandma was super religious, super Christian. Uh-huh. Yeah, and Christianity was a huge part of it every day of my life. So what what were the themes of your sermons when you were when you were at D D DC Talk listening? <laughs> uh, I it could be anything from uh, the the Lord will uh, take care of it, don't worry, or they were real lighthearted. I wasn't on fire and brimstone. Yeah, I, I was a hippie that, Christian. I find that very life. difficult to picture. Just yeah, no, no, I was like, if you are saved, yeah. No, yeah, just like <laughs> dramatic speaking about the Lord, nothing in particular. You okay, know? just speaking with conviction about the God's gotcha. You know, God's gonna take care of you. Have you have you thought? Uh, have you had any second thoughts since you since you left the faith? Like maybe in in recent years, you've been like, I should come out with a Christian noise music album. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't like evangelical nature of Christianity. That was a big problem for me. So uh, I have come back to reading the Bible, and I've uh, remembered a lot of the cool things from church, but uh, it's more just, now it's like something, in addition to many other things that I've experienced in life that supplement my, my worldview. Yeah. You know? No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that, the fact that, like, I actually, I grew up Lutheran, and in a church that was pretty cool, so like it, they didn't really push any politics on anyone. And I think, in general, our preachers were more liberal than their congregation. Like our, our service, our like uh, our uh, flavor of Luther Lutheranism switched over to like decided that gay people could be pastors like a few years ago, and the church like oh, lost, really? it like lost major donors because of that. Yeah. Um, but my church was not okay with being gay. Yeah. Which, that was going to inevitably be another problem I was going to have with the church. Sure. <laughs> I just didn't know it at that point. What do you identify as specifically, if you don't mind? I either, both, I like everybody. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm so sorry I said both. Actually, yeah, that's, that's, that's a binary word. It's a binary, which is, yeah, yeah. that's not how these Any is, the, is what I meant to say. Any. Okay. Anyone. Yeah, just any type. Of that seems very low stress. <laughs> I'll take anything that's so lonely. Uh, <laughs> Was that Jimmy Stewart in here? <laughs> I'm so lonely. I'm on board for all of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's a good. Chris, can we get another taste of that song? This like it's one of those it's like uh, this is one of those majority persecution complex things where it's like a punk song about being Christian like yeah also starts with exactly the same as smells like Teen Spirit. Spirit yeah like it's same it's opening drum fill it's the yeah. same song 
It's like we're gonna make believing in Jesus sound dangerous and fun. Yeah. And then it is. They were trying. I think they were trying to piggyback on like the straight edge movement. Yeah. Honestly, because they were trying to get people. They're like, look at all these straight edge kids going, yeah, to songs. Yeah. Let's get them going, Jesus. Yes. If people can get that excited about <laughs> not doing drugs, then yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I think it has something to do with that. All right. I think we can move on to the next one. Uh, it's not what you think. This is Weird Al Yankovic with the alternative polka. This is off his ninth studio album, Bad Hair Day, which came out in 1996. Received two stars what? from AllMusic.com. What? And to AllMusic.com, who said, as Weird Al gets out, gets older, his albums get more reactionary and less focused. Which I liked those earlier albums for their focus. It is kind of Austin Powers 3 at this point, you know, it's like straight pop culture. But this predated Austin Powers 3. This predated everything. I just mean in the sense of that, the way that Austin Powers 3 got off the rails from the original sure. Austin Powers like movie. From the original message of Austin <laughs> Powers. Message. Which was that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts shagadelically. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Uh, <laughs> But no, like, this was the first CD that I ever bought, so I'm really excited that you brought this up. I loved this whole CD. I loved every song on this CD. I thought they were all brilliant parodies, and the original songs were even better than the parodies, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, well, I, this was like, because I got into Weird Al before anything else, uh, most of my introductions to like famous rock music from the past five years was through Weird Al. Yeah. So like I heard what he's doing right now before I ever heard uh, Closer by Nine Inch Nails. I heard the Same. opening of this song before I ever heard Loser by Beck. Same. I heard his song Amish Paradise before I ever heard Gangster's Paradise. No, I heard Gangster's Paradise first. I heard Smells Like Nirvana by Weird Al before I ever heard Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And uh, when I first heard the Nirvana version, it confused me. <laughs> uh, so how old were you when, when you listened to this? Ooh, this has got to be age grade, actually. And I, I really loved this album. I loved it. It was arranged beautifully. The last song, the Night Santa Went Crazy is my yeah. go-to Christmas song. I can play it on guitar and I play it every year in my house. It's like a dark as fuck parody of a soul asylum song in which Santa loses his marbles, murders his wife and all the reindeer. <laughs> and this is off a Weird Al album. I didn't realize that song was a parody. Yeah, it's a... Um, I don't know what I don't know what the song is called, but it's like one of the big Soul Asylum singles. Like, really? Yeah. So that narrows it down to two or three songs. I don't know which one it is. Soul Asylum is depressing as fuck. Yeah, they were from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Woo woo. Is that where you're from? Yeah. Oh, sweet. I love Minneapolis. It's pretty good. We gave you Soul Asylum. <laughs> and friends. Yeah, and uh, Jacob Dylan's dad lived there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> 
Alright. <laughs> Black Hole Sun. Remember that one? This is great. This is like this is a great song for this this podcast because it's like a tour yeah. of shit that teenagers were bumming out to for a while. Hit her. But with like weirdly <laughs> cheerful yeah. accordion and shit. Oh, and the last, of course, the, the ending here, the full a full verse and chorus of Basket Case by Green Day. Beautiful. It's weird, he doesn't sound any whinier than Billy Joe Armstrong though. Yes, yeah, equal. Yeah, I mean, these are all songs that individually became huge for me at some point regardless. Yeah. Like, uh, the, a lot of this was shit that my brother was downloading when we first got Napster. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I heard this stuff, this song I heard on the radio, as well as Longview and uh, When I Come Around, and those three songs were like, I thought those songs were the best songs ever made for about a year, probably. Yeah. Well, and you got, you were at the right age when, like, they first started to be a cool thing. Like, by the time that I was, like, I was, like, 10 when Nimrod came out, so they had already kind of, like, and then that fucking Good Riddance song just became the theme to, like, any emotional moment in a WB (laughs) city for, like, four and a half years. And they sort of lost their cred with that, and then they came back and they're like, now that we're all millionaires, George Bush is bad. <laughs> yeah, they rode that horse pretty hard. I think they're still doing it. They have a musical for it. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, like, it's never going to get, like, that, like, anti-patriotism is never going to get old, so a band like Green Day could just ride on American Idiot until the, the end of time, basically. <laughs> For real though, that was like a pretty good power pop album. You think so? Yeah! Chris, next song! Yeah. <laughs> uh, another good, a good, it's a good one. Peep Show, baby! Oh, I'm gonna talk about Peep Show. For the listener, uh, <laughs> a crazed Englishman just stormed the stage and high fived my guest. Uh, this is Harvey Danger with Flagpole Sitta. Sounds awesome. This is the, off of their debut album, Where Have All the Merrymakers Gone? Uh, this came out in 1997. Album received three and a half stars from AllMusic.com, who called it intelligent, sar- sardonic, and hard-edged. Uh, this song peaked at number 32 on the Billboard Top 40, and it, it holds up. Yeah, it, it very much holds up. And as uh, Chris mentioned, very much thanks to an awesome uh, British series called uh, Peep Show. Yeah, yeah. it's the theme song. Though. How'd you get into this one? Oh, I mean, MTV. It, it was on MTV one day. And I was like, I think it was, he says something crass in the song, which is always a good, like, immediate, it's like, sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, I yeah. love it. He says, like, I don't remember what it is. God damn you. That was it. Okay, it's not fuck, but it's Whoa. something. Whoa. You know. And then he says, uh, paranoid, paranoid, everybody's coming to get me. And I was like, 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah, impressive. this guy's in rough shape. This is a cheerful sounding song. He's in hell. He's in hell. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. That's the theme of the podcast here. Yeah. Is that... uh, we're in a room painted completely red. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to shitty, shitty songs. Yeah. Well, but man, this one holds up. I, I really great. do like this still. Like when you. Like when I was, I was listening to this earlier just to prepare for the show, and then I ended up listening to more stuff because Spotify just kept running. Yeah. And they're good, man. Probably I never listened to this. anything else by them, but. Uh, and I travel around the country, like touring, and everywhere I go, like, if the subject of Harvey Danger comes up, there's just like a full on, like, we all respect that band, we all love that band. That's awesome. And the guy who drums in this band is comes to DC all the time and performs with his band Sleepy Kitty and they're awesome. Okay. He's like they're they're still making music. Like they're still super active in the scene. They're not Harvey Danger anymore, that band doesn't exist, but you know, they're serious, they're real musicians. I just love this band. Great! Great! <laughs> Are you feeling the were you feeling the paranoia there for a second? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you for being on the show, Johnny Fantastic. Uh, Can everyone give us a round of applause, please? Thank you. So Does anyone have any questions? Yeah, what do you got? Oh, that was what I was going to ask. Johnny, you got anything to plug? I can plug something that's happening on Friday. Well, probably won't end up happening on Friday with the snowstorm coming, but if it let's may happen. Let's believe in ourselves. Let's believe in it. Okay. Friday. After all, this happened, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't turn back time. Uh, if I could turn back time. So, we have. Uh, oh, I get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so where are you going to be playing? Uh, above the Bayou with Deus. I'm going to be playing with Deus, which is another band that I'm in. Okay. It's an awesome band. Deus, and then uh, I'm going to be... Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing for a little while. I kind of just played a whole bunch of shows. So uh, Church night? Yeah, let's play church night. Church night is going to be... It's the second Friday of every month. So what's the second Friday in February? Johnny Fantastic is also Beulah the organist for church night. Sorry about well. peeling back the curtain. I can edit that out if you want me to. Okay, that's fine. It's the 12th, uh, day after Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Okay. Trivia. So that'll... Radio listeners will benefit. That, that's a good mnemonic device. Uh, well, great. I uh, You can find me on Twitter at Twight Privilege. You can find me on the internet at davidtwitey.com. That's David, T-V-E-I-T-E.com. It makes no sense. Just listen to it again. Just play it back. You'll get it. Uh, I, uh, you can email me for the show at davidsadnesstown at gmail.com uh, and like me on Facebook at sadnesstown with David Twitey. And I've said my own name more than The Rock would have in this amount of time. <laughs> Uh, one more time for my guest, Johnny Fantastic, everybody. And remember, nothing is going to be okay.